just uh, my mom always having a meal ready for me and my dad every single night, you know, coming home from school and me just getting in the kitchen with her and messing around and trying new things. I got so used to having those. Like, I think I remember talking to you about it. And it was like, it's, it's so hard because I, I kind of associate those meals with my identity, like with the fact that my family ate that way. You were like, yeah, my aunt is vegan. And I'm like, vegan? What does she <laughs> even eat? Lettuce? You are listening to Plant Strength Radio. Each week, remarkable stories of plant-based healing, mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, and activism as told by those with the expressed desire to affect lasting change in our world. Real people, real experiences. Your host, Bobby Lynch. What's going on, guys? I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and welcome to the first ever episode of Plant Strength Radio. For today's show, we have the two co-founders of the company, as well as myself, the founder of the company. The first is Kiwan Harrison. He is the marketing and creative direction for Plant Strength Performance. And the second is Marcus Everett, and he is the chief operating officer and the oversight of our food operations. So I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves from here. Kiwan, go ahead. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Kiwan. Um, like Bobby said, I am the marketing and creative direction of Plant Strength. Uh, I guess my start is uh, I'm a filmmaker um, by trade. Um, I also own another business called 10 Out 10. It's a, a independent production company based in Connecticut um, where we make videos and movies um, that are uniquely human. Awesome. And Marcus? Okay. Uh, as Bobby said before, I'm the chief operating officer and uh, I'm going to spearhead kind of the uh, food division of Plant Strength. Um, I'm really just a, a worker, you know, um, not anything too specific, but Bobby kind of saw a passion for food and culinary in me. And, uh, that's kind of how my journey began. Yeah. And just to, and both of these guys, uh, the kind of the history with each other, Kiwan and I, we went to union college together and how we connected is through theater. We both have a passion for acting and filmmaking. And we actually were in, uh, we started one play together. Twelve. Twelve, yep. So it was a modern adaption of, of 12 Angry Men. So that was, that was awesome. And we took a number of classes together. And we actually lived together senior year, which was really cool. So, you know, Kiwan and I go back a little ways. And I've always known his passion for filmmaking and just the creative direction that he has. And when we eventually came together, it was, uh, it was a no brainer that this is, you know, he was, he was going to be a great part of the team. And then the same thing with Marcus, Marcus and I go way back, way, way. back, <laughs> way back, way. second, second grade. And we pretty much have been best friends ever since. And then, you know, we both went away to college, kind of lost some connection for a couple of years. But when we connect, reconnected again, it was like we hadn't missed a beat. And I had this idea, which we'll get into talking about more later on in the show, for a food operation for Plant Strength. Uh, as Plant Strength Performance, we are a plant-based fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle company. And I originally, originally the company was founded just based on fitness and nutrition coaching, but then I had this idea for a food product, which again, we'll talk about later on. And 
once Marcus and I reconnected and he was started to tell me about his passion for culinary and what he was doing, working in the industry, um, you know, working a line at a restaurant, just how much he really loved working with food. I knew I needed someone else to join the team and that's when he came on board. And so, um, yeah, we'll kind of get a little bit more into that. So we'll start a little bit back and this is where the whole original idea with plant strength came about. And what we'll talk about is how we all eventually came together kind of piece by piece and give you guys a timeline. So the idea for plant strength came to me throughout my journey of going vegan. I uh, initially went vegetarian back in November of 2017 after watching What the Health, I vowed to never eat meat again. And then slowly from there, as I continued my education and awareness around the evil practices of the industry and then also learning of the, the negative impact that animal protein has on the human body as, uh, and as well as the negative impact of animal agriculture on the animals and the environment, over the course of eight months after November 2017 up until August of 2018, eventually I slowly cut out all animal products and then come August 2018, that is when I went fully vegan. And it was that exact same time that plant strength performance came to my head. So when I graduated from college in the, uh, the November of 2016, I pretty much immediately started coaching fitness and nutrition coaching. And it's funny because I remember I think about the, the nutritional recommendations that I used to give clients and it was all based on bro science and what we've been conditioned to believe our whole lives, especially in America, is that we need meat and animal protein to be healthy and to build muscle. And I, just, just how we've all been completely duped that carbs are evil and protein is king. And if we don't eat meat and animal, animal products, we're going to become protein deficient and slowly wither away and die, which is going to be further from the truth. And I just remember the recommendations that I used to give clients was, oh, you're eating too many carbs, more protein, more protein. That's why you're not losing weight. Little did I even realize I was just so caught up in the bro science behind things. But I, throughout my coaching, for that first year and a half, my original business was premium one training and nutrition. And I was also working out of any time fitness, taking on clients. I always felt like one, I, I didn't really want to work in a corporate gym. It's the reason I actually studied managerial economics in school. And I didn't pursue the corporate path because it didn't feel right in my heart. And the same thing, it didn't feel right working in a corporate gym, even though I was pursuing my passion for fitness and nutrition. And at the same time, I also wanted to, I had the, I felt this desire to rebrand business. And then it was like, everything just fell right in line once I went fully vegan. And that's immediately plant strength performance came to my head. And I started working on the coaching program that we have now. It's the, it's a it's our lifestyle transformation coaching program, the plant strength blueprint. I immediately started working on creating that. And that is a 12 month program split into two, six months phases. And it's really centered around transforming your mind, body, and spirit and changing your habits so that you learn how to produce results that last. And then from there, how Marcus and Kiwan came about is I was like, man, I really need someone else. And I'm going to let Kiwan take over from yeah. here because it was about that time that it was like September 
when I was like, all right, plant strength performance, I started creating the logo and I was like, I really, I really see what I can do here. I'm, I'm going to need to start bringing people on the team before this is official. So, so I guess my, my start was when I guess I was trying to develop more stuff for my business. I'm um, 10 out of 10 and I wanted to partner with someone to build something that was, um, that was also cool. Um, and I guess, um, I saw a post of yours on Instagram where you were like, I think you were advertising the BTC bars better than coffee bars. Yes. Um, and I was like, is that your product? And you're like, no. And I was like, if you ever decide to make a product, let me know. Cause I would love to shoot some video for you or be involved in it in any way I can. And so basically with that, you're like, yeah, we should really, we should catch up. We should meet up. So I think I went on vacation in December of 2018 and I think you drove up to, to visit me. Um, I was in, I think, Nagatuck, was it? Oh, uh, you were in Norwich. So, Norwich. so, yeah, only about 30 minutes from my house. Yeah, so you came over and we, 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 we talked for what was supposed to be an hour, um, <laughs> but turned into like five or four, Yeah, I know. It was a long time. <laughs> and, and we just, we sort of like, you know, talked about um, the trajectory of what you want to create. Um, and that inspired me. Um, to join the company and be a part of uh, whatever you're creating. Cause you know, fundamentally I think um, when you are considering joining a business or starting a business, it's a people that you bring on the people that you're around that, that really inspire you. It's not necessarily the product, it's the person. So I think I was, I was brought in by your sort of positivity and, and your, your work ethic. And that's what made me want to be a part of the business. Fast forward, we were, you know, trying to figure out how to start this, this business. And, you know, that's when, you know, you told me about Steve. And Steve was able to help us with our first investment and allowing us to sort of achieve the goals and dreams we had that led for uh, to us making this platform. We can do coaching online. And we had a lot of iterations um, between that time where we were going to sanctuary farms or we were creating apparel. We were trying to throw a lot of things at the wall to make them stick. <laughs> Just really trying to navigate and figure out what is going to work best for playing. Yeah. We we're trying to find our niche. And I think that's what was, that was the beauty that that was the, that was the fun part where you were creating something. And that's where I, I, I thrive. I enjoy creating things from nothing. And that's where like, when we first started, that's where I was like, I think our slogan should be sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. And those were like, those the key things is we want to make sure you, you had a big thing about, you know, wellness and being able to not only be well in your body, your physicality, but also well in your mind. And I think that was very important because that whole slogan is about being one with the environment, one with yourself, one with your body, one with your soul. So that's your ethics, your morals. And I think that's what really, really sold me to being a part of this company. And, you know, and what sold me too for you coming onto the company, like you said, number one, it, it really is about the person. And I don't care essentially what you know because you can learn mm. everything that needs to be everything that's necessary to play an integral role within the company what really matters is who you are as a person and i've already you know we've already had a report going back mm -hmm. to college to our college days and i've just known like from the start that you're truly a good person from the inside out. And that's the type of people that I surround myself with. And the same thing applies to Marcus. Like I've known Marcus my whole life and I just know how great of a person he is from the inside out, from the family that he comes from. Everyone has just really good 
core values. And that's really what matters to me the most is who you are. And then on top of that, what you can create, Kiwan, because Kiwan with his company, Tencent Pro, actually approached me with Premium One Training and Nutrition, my original coaching business. And he filmed a whole amazing, they filmed, him and his team filmed a whole amazing promo video for my company. And I mean, that right there alone, just knowing that and seeing the work that he was capable of, it, it was just a no-brainer. I was like, this is, this is definitely what I need to come on and grow the company because entrepreneurship is not about doing it yourself. It's about finding the right people and the right team that can do it together. And so that, I mean, once we connected, I knew it was from there. But, you know, again, like we were saying, we've been trying to just kind of figure out our way. But our mission from the beginning has been to defy the status quo and prove what's possible through the power of plants by... And this was Kiwan's slogan right here. He's the one who came up with it. Creative direction, of course, by supporting sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. Yeah. So, and again, just kind of like giving you guys the timeline. Eventually, the whole idea for Plant Strength Performance, again, came to my head in about August, September of 2018, that's when I started creating the Plant Strength Blueprint coaching program. And then from there, Kiwan and I came together December 2018. We had this whole talk about what we're going to do. And who he mentioned before is Steve, who's also an alum of Union College, who I had met. He is an investor. He is the investor um, into our company, and he helped us launch our web platform and our app so that we can do, we offer full online coaching so we can coach anybody worldwide. And then once we, Kiwan and I really saw this whole idea for what we have with Plant Train Performance, we officially founded it in February, uh, February 8th of 2019. And then we've been going from there. So initially we just started with the coaching and then we were really just trying to figure out our way. What else could we do to bring to the table that is really going to help grow our brand, but just leave a lasting impact on people's lives? And it's funny. I mean, like like you said, we were thinking apparel at first, or what else we were thinking? We were thinking a, a bunch of different ideas. Yeah, we had so many ideas. Um, there was uh, apparel. We went to do events. We went to do what we want to do is we want to pitch the plant strain performance to organizations and then go in and have talks with them and then run their their um their divisions and that was like one of one of our primary goals like working with schools and working with um businesses to help them to ultimately reduce the package they would have to pay for health insurance through corporate wellness through corporate wellness yeah and um it's still it a great idea, and it's definitely yeah. something we will pursue once yeah. we're at a bigger level. But mm -hmm. getting off the ground, what's the best way? You know. Yeah, and, and then then we went to obviously um, online coaching, um, and then trying to develop that and build that. Um, that's when you mentioned we should make uh, some sort of food. I mean, I think food was in the back of your head from the beginning. We were talking about what types of food, but it was like more like. We'll approach this maybe two, three years down the road, you know, um, 
and then you start you then you showed us a product um you showed me a product in i want to say october but i could be wrong yeah and i know it was a it was about that time and so the product which we are getting ready to launch is called chicken bites and it is our plant-based meat sub meat plant-based meat we don't even call, want to call it a meat substitute because meat is really anything that is dense and has is high in protein and so that can come from animals or pronounce <laughs> yes made from ingredients you can pronounce or it can come from plants and how we're separating ourselves with our plant-based meat is there are no additives or preservatives exactly another slogan made from ingredients you can pronounce we have no additives or preservatives in our plant-based meat and that's when this is something i had been making for myself kind of like working on it in the background because i you know i have very high protein needs as an athlete and so i that's one of the first questions i was always asked i always get asked you're vegan where do you get your protein? <laughs> a lot of people don't realize, and I once didn't either, that all protein is derived from plants, not animals. Animals are, have always just been the middleman for that protein because if you think the average bull is 2,400 pounds, it doesn't grow to that size by eating other animals. It's eating grass and forage its whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that was one of the first questions that I would always get to ask is, where do you get your protein? And uh, Marcus, I'll let you kind of take over here with how you came out onto the team, because eventually I approached Marcus. It was about the summer of uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. of and I think uh, I think we didn't we didn't really make things official till a little later on mm -hmm. than that. Kiwan touched on it before. So just speaking to your work ethic, Bobby. He's a very innovative person, um, a very goal oriented person as is Kiwan. And uh, I think with that, um, he's always pushing and striving for something new, always trying to evolve, always trying to be better. Um, and with that, uh, it, it just came to the point where I feel like, as he said before, he, he needed a little bit of help. You know, you kind of get stretched thin, like everything's going on. You got a lot of things going on. So that's uh, when he approached me to uh, help him with the food, the foods division of, of this whole program. We, you know, we have aspirations of really growing it past just uh, chicken bites at, at its base level and, you know, the one flavor that we have. We just wanted to single out one thing and, and kind of make an MVP, a most valuable product, and uh, perfect it to the, to the point where we could bring it to market and uh, let the whole world enjoy it, you know, so... Um, so originally it was the idea was not only to have the chicken bites, but it was also, we were going to do a meal prep company. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were. And that was, that's, that's what I'm saying. So goal oriented, so goal oriented and looking forward into the future. It was a great idea. And it's something that we may explore later on down the line. Um, but just as of right now, just, you know, it, our cast and crew being so, you know, minimal at this time, um, I think, and I think we all think the, the best thing to do was to focus on one thing and perfect it and make sure that it was a quality product that people would enjoy. You don't want to just, you know, come out and look gimmicky or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, we, we really focused on plant strength chicken bites. And until this whole COVID-19 situation, things were going pretty good. Uh, we were 
approaching restaurants, um, a couple meal prep services. We were setting up meetings. And then we were just hit with a storm. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just, had, it really, I mean, we had we had a couple of restaurants set up to meet with on the same day, and they both yeah. had to cancel because that was when like, and then it was like a few days later, all restaurants and bars restaurants were shut were down. Closed. Yeah, so that really uh, put a hiccup in our in our whole production. But you know, it's it's just another hurdle. We'll get past it eventually. But uh, yeah, as Bobby mentioned before, um, I have a little bit of experience um, in the restaurant industry, just cooking for a line. But most of my experience just comes from just messing around in the kitchen. That dates back all the way to when I was younger, just uh, my mom always having a meal ready for me and my dad every single night, you know, coming home from school and me just getting in the kitchen with her and messing around and trying new things and stuff. And then, you know, my aunt, my aunt Jamela, who's been vegan for like 11, 12 years now, she's like my sister, you know, she's a little older than me, but she's always been there. She kind of just hit me with that wave of veganism initially. And I remember, you know, it's so funny because I think you were the first person to tell me that was when kind of veganism was put into my head. I think we were about 14 years old. I remember where we were. We were standing at the end of your driveway. And it's just so funny how everything like works <laughs> and plays out because I remember exactly where we were. I was over your house. It was in the summer. We were standing at the end of your driveway. And you were like, yeah, my aunt is vegan. And I'm like, vegan? What does she <laughs> even eat? Lettuce? <laughs> and that was like that was the first thing that I said when I was told that somebody was vegan and now it's like look at me now I'm fully vegan and I am not missing a thing in my diet I'm not craving anything and yeah it's just it's just kind of it's it's just crazy to see how things work what do you eat lettuce <laughs> that's 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 literally what that's literally what I said and it's it's just funny to see kind of like where everything where everything and even even just three to four years yeah. um, ago, uh, even the summer before I went vegetarian, if you had asked me, could I ever imagine being vegan? I would have said, not a chance. Yeah, it's like it's so funny because even even I was the same way. I come from a West Indian background, so my favorite meals were like oxtail and jerk chicken and jerk pork. And I got so used to having those. Like, I think I remember talking to you about it. And it was like, it's, it's so hard because I, I kind of associate those meals with my identity, like with the fact that my family ate that way. It was weird and strange for me to, to sort of start to make that transition. Mm -hmm. But then I decided that, you know, I wanted to try, you know, being plant-based. And I think the funny thing is that when I was just eating meat, I wasn't as creative in the kitchen as I am now. Like, whenever I go in the right. kitchen, I... You know, I'm mixing things together. I was like, oh, maybe this might taste good together. And like, you know, I'm making these meals that, you know, I wouldn't have otherwise thought like it was possible to make. Like the other day I made, just because I want to see, like, I want to have the flavors that I, that I miss so much, like the flavors in the oxtail and things like that. So I, I use um, a, a soy chunk alternative and I made my own homemade vegan. It was actually vegan oxtail. Right. <laughs> um, with the butter beans and the stew and the onions and the garlic and you know the browning and so and so forth and I had and I had rice with that and whatever rice and beans. It's funny that you know it's not the meat product that makes the meal; it's the love you put into it. It's the seasonings and things like that that makes it yummy. It's it's not necessarily the meat. 
And, and the, just the problem is, is that what makes it hard for people to realize that is, like you said, food is so much more than just food. There's so much culture. There's so much emotional connection to food. And thinking about the holidays, right? Thanksgiving, we eat turkey. Christmas, we eat turkey or ham. Easter, it's usually like ham or roast beef, right? And you just have these connections because that's just what we've grown up consuming and being led to believe that this is the way it is. And so, of course, over the over time, you just create these emotional connections because it's so much more than just what's on the plate. It's also those memories that the food is attached with what in, during the events like holidays and coming together with your family and and but but the same but at the same time just like you said you can recreate those same dishes without any meat or animal products at all and it's and and like i i also don't really have my experience in the kitchen has also just been like yours marcus is just mm-hmm like th- throughout my whole life experimenting i've always had this passion for food but mm-hmm. uh you know i know i don't have any direct background i i did write my senior thesis on opening a fast casual restaurant something that might come <laughs> later on and straight to uh you know kind of putting our intentions out there to the universe but but it's just really been a passion for wanting to create great tasting food because i love to eat I- I hear you. That's and that's the same with me. Like you just said, like I love to eat. I eat <laughs> damn near everything. Like it, it's crazy. So, um, like initially being approached, uh, going for going plant based, and you know eventually completely vegan. Um, it's hard to kind of like get in that mindset where you want to make that transition because you're thinking about all the things that you're gonna have to give up. You know, you're gonna have to go without this. You're gonna have to go without that. But then when you conversely, when you look at it from um like Kiwan touched on um like the creative the creativity level you know it just forces you to get creative in the kitchen and you know put different things together that you know traditionally may not you may not have even thought about but like one of the things I've touched on before talking to you guys is just the versatility of, of a cashew like that's my favorite nut period like I, I don't know why like it's just a taste of it same i love cashews but um <laughs> and um just the the whole versatility of it you know using it as a breading for like a, a breaded uh vegan meat or chicken something like that or using it as a sauce um processing it and uh getting it real real fine and mixing it in and and using it as like a, a alfredo dish or something like that you know what i mean and even something as simple as the other day, I was in the I was in the kitchen. I was hungry, just wanted something that was gonna kind of fill me up real quick before uh, dinner. Not right before dinner, but you know, like just to hold you <laughs> over in the day. Yeah, just to hold me over. And um, I had baked a sweet potato, and just put some pico de gallo on on top of it. You know what I mean? Just some some salsa, but without like the tomato sauce, really. And um, it was insane. That's like one of my favorite flavor combinations right there is sweet. Heat. So like mm. eating that like that, that's a go-to for me from now on. Just mm. like it's something quick, something, you know, if you batch cook and you make a few sweet, uh, baked sweet potatoes at a time, you have them in the fridge, just take them out, split it open, throw it in the microwave and then put the pico de gallo on top and you're good. Or even a guacamole or something like that. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just crazy, man. It's crazy how much it's made me think, you know, when I get in the kitchen. 
See, I, I, heard, I was like, um, there's this quote that I heard in like this podcast one time, and it talks about, you know, people drinking wine. And it says, like, it's not necessarily, like, all wine tastes the same fundamentally. Like, it all tastes, you know, there isn't a substantial difference in taste that you can, that anyone can pinpoint. Like, you know, some people say, oh, I can, t- I can taste, like, the hues of chocolate. And but, uh, I've drank a lot of wine, and none of it ever has any different taste than the, the one, the $10 bottle. Like, the $100 bottle doesn't taste, doesn't taste any different. And mm-hmm. I, I know there's going to be a ton of people listening to this that's going to, like, yeah. this guy disagree and want to be up and on this guy is crazy. <laughs> But the fact is, it's, it's about, it's about the experience behind drinking that wine. The, way, the reason why you taste the chocolate and you taste all these notes is because you're sitting with, you know, your wife, you're on a date, you're on the beach in, um, in Italy, you're, you are in the Bahamas, you're doing this. And, you know, if you were just lonely in your house drinking four different bottles of wine, they would all taste the same to you. Like, what if you were, but if you're having a great experience, that's when that food tastes even better. Like, you know, you're really say, fully connected and present in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's so it's so I think a lot of people need to seem to separate the food from the connections they have with the people around them and the experiences they have. And I think once you are able to do that, then you're able to fully, you know, say, okay, maybe I can go vegan, or maybe I can try being vegetarian for a week, or maybe I can be vegan before six p.m. You know, eat nothing but vegan products until 6 p.m. and then then make a smaller portion of whatever your meat sizes or whatever you're eating um but like fundamentally like when people say like it's so hard to be vegan or whatever they just they they so closely associate you know that food with these experiences that otherwise are not even associated with and then it's like once you disassociate yourself from those just for the time being reintroduce with yourself and with your close ones, you know, your loved ones, those new vegan products. And then you can start recreating those memories with food that just brings you so much vitality and life. And on top of that, the most important thing is it's food that doesn't come at the price of suffering and death of another Mm -hmm. living being, because that's essentially, ultimately it's the, it's the hard truth. A lot of people don't want to hear it. And, you know, they say, Oh, the steak tastes great. And then when you present them the video of what actually happens to the cow for it to get on your plate, they say, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Right. I don't, don't tell me about it. I don't, I'd rather just not know. Right. But not knowing doesn't solve the problem. Right. I mean, if everyone approached that, had that same approach with slavery, then Mm -hmm. slavery would still be a thing today. If everyone had had that approach with um, civil rights, then, you know, African-Americans wouldn't have civil rights. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything with women's rights, everything with the LGBTQ LGBTQ movement, uh, LGBTQ movement, right? And now everything with um, veganism, it, it, it's, it, it's all connected. If you just want to say, oh, you know what? I'd rather not hear about it and pretend like it doesn't exist. Nothing good is going to come from it. Change yeah. is uncomfortable at first, but yeah. it's, that, it's getting comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling that is going to spark greatness. And that's why all of these activist movements that we've seen over the course of of history, they all came with an uncomfortable feeling and people having to step out of their comfort zones and essentially just wake up to the realities and the truth and the yeah, oppression that, that cognitive dissonance that people a lot of people have. Like I know that's one of the things we spoke about in the very beginning. Like people don't associate these things. Like I think for me, even like when 
I think what changed my mind is like you showing me that video of that couple in the restaurant and he's like, he's looking at it and he's like, you know, I'll take the prime room. And, and the guy's like, okay. And he's like, come with me. And then like, he walks into a room, hands him a knife and says, here's your pig, you know, it's your prime rib. <laughs> and I'm like, and I had to ask myself, could I, could like, could I, if someone were to take me in the back room and say, Hey, go slaughter that pig right there. So you could have your prime rib. Would I be able to look that pig in the eyes, slit, it, slit its throat, and then be able to like, you know, butcher it. And I, I, I fundamentally was like, I don't think I'd be able to do that. And like, it's like, it's like how he hesitates. And then they send in like their, their kill team and they run in and they, they slaughter. And then he's like, you know, here's your prime rib. And like, and he was like, please stop, stop. Like he was, he was in terror. Like that for me was traumatizing. I was like, I, I don't think I could do that. So that's one of the things is like, I was like, I think what I came, the way I came to being plant-based was like, if I don't think I can physically do that, why should I have someone else do it for me? Exactly. So, I hear you 100%. I hear you so 100%. It's a, it's a lot about that. Like, you know, if if I don't think I could go out there and, like, go and find the pig, slaughter the raise the pig, basically, create a relationship. It was like raising your dog. Can I go and go slaughter my dog? I don't think I could. I don't think I could. So because of that, I was like, you know, this is this is something that I I have to have in myself and ethics where I say like, if I can't do it, then why should I ask someone like someone else to do it? And I think that's what really changed the way I looked at it. Cause like, I think a lot of people come to plant being plant-based because like they, they love animals and things like that. And like, I love animals, but like, I never really associated the meat product to the animal itself. Cause it, cause it's, it's not, it's not, I don't go out and say, I'm going to have cow today. I'm going to go out and have a steak. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and have, you know, pork, not a pig. <laughs> I'm gonna Even though we say chicken, I love everyone loves chicken. I used to live on grilled chicken, but it, yeah. like a chicken was chicken is came from a chicken. Yeah. It's funny how we even disassociate that. And that's even crazy, like with birds in general, like Cornish hens, like it's like full bodies. Like it's literally the full carcass of the chicken or the hen or the turkey that shows up on the plate. And you know, it's you just don't even, you just don't, and you don't even think about it and you don't think because you're not the victim. And that, yeah. that's really the biggest, makes the, what makes the biggest difference. And this goes for anything. When you really take yourself and you put yourself in the place of the victim and ask yourself, what would I want done to or for me if I were him or her? And if the answer is you wouldn't want done to or for you what you're about to do, then you should not do it, period, end of story, no further discussion, because that is, that's, that's really what we lack. But we don't, though. At the same time, we don't. As humans, we're naturally empathetic. Yeah. We've just been so blinded and conditioned from the realities. And it's understandably so. These industries are all connected. The animal agriculture industry is a $200 billion industry, and it's closely connected and funded by the healthcare industry. And the healthcare industry is also funded by the animal agriculture industry. A lot of these, these companies are pharmaceutical companies, even the world like um, the American Cancer Society, they are they partner with each other, and the healthcare industry in the U.S. alone is clo- does close to four trillion dollars, and it's it's just crazy once you start seeing those connections and you see the truth. But then also, Kiwan, I like that you touched on it about talking about dogs, right? We we in our society in America, we 
very highly valued dogs and cats and domesticated animals. And we'll even extend it to, we'll see animals in the wild like lions or giraffes or whales or dolphins and get outraged when we see bad things happen to those animals, but then don't even think twice about eating chicken eating a chicken or a cow or a pig or a turkey or other types of fish. Uh, and what, what is that? It's speciesism. What is that closely rate, rela related to? Sexism. Oh, women don't deserve you know, as much rights as men. What is that closely related to? Racism. It's, it's, it's all the same. And at the end of the day, we are animals ourselves. Yes, we have the ability to think at a higher cognitive level than all other species. But pigs are smarter than dogs. They have the cognitive ability of a four-year-old child. So if we're talking just straight on int straight intelligence, just because animals aren't as intelligent as us, does that mean we reserve the right to exploit their bodies and take their lives just for the sensory pleasure that we get from eating their dead bodies and secretions that last for maybe 15 to 20 minutes at most? We don't. And I mean, I'd be like saying, hey, well, that three-year-old doesn't think that isn't that smart. So should we do the same thing to him or her? It, you know, no, we shouldn't. So it's kind of like all those things that ultimately lead you to veganism. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, also uh, um, pigs are also immensely loyal animals as well. They're super loyal. Um, they're probably much more loyal than dogs. Like they, they love people. Like, you know, yeah. even like, you know, You'll see like pigs like being taken to like the slaughterhouse. They have still have so much trust in their eyes, even though they're stacked on each other for a year, for days, you know, they're, they're, they still have so much love in their eyes. You know, like I've seen videos and like you can see that how much love they have and how, how like how much they, they want to, to be in connection with other people and beings. Um, so like, you know, I think having that in mind, you know, you can, you, you have to like, consider like is are your taste buds you know or if, uh, appeasing your taste buds is that more important than the life of this animal that so desperately wants to live yeah what do you value more taste or life and then ask yourself that question not only from your standpoint but from the standpoint of the victim yeah because it, it i guarantee you if you do say taste right now from your personal standpoint Ask yourself the same question as if you were really in the position and what would you want done to you? Would you value taste over your own life? Mm -hmm. Right? And would you want somebody else to value the taste of you and your body right, over your life? If it's, you it's sort of like the deepest fear for, for people is like being devoured or killed or maimed by an animal like say you're out in a safari your deepest fear would be like a lion or a tiger or whatever is going to kill me alligator it's the same thing like you know people go swimming and the reason why we have this fear of sharks and we have fear of snakes and we have fears of all these things because like they can kill us <laughs> they can and eat us yeah. yeah like we have whole movies anaconda you know lake placid name a movie you find this tear this fear that we have of being devoured like even you know go even further back like you know look at our our, our fairy tales jack and the beanstalk what is his major fear the 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 whole the giant comes in the room saying fee fi fo fum i smell the blood of an englishman it's like about like being devoured <laughs> we right. don't want to be devoured so it's kind of like 
this this fear that we have internally, we sort of project it on another being and like deciding, oh, we're going to be that that giant, we're going to be that shark, we're going to be that lion, tiger, that bear, and it's like we don't really see the connection between like our deepest fears and the reality that we inflict on other on other beings. And wow, that's actually the first time I've ever even thought from that perspective of thinking about our deep fears of what would it be like for an animal doing the same thing to us because this is that has happened to people. Mm-hmm. I've never I never even thought about it in that in that specific term. So that's I really value that perspective. Thank you for <laughs> touching on that. So yeah, I mean I, I think that um a lot of it has to do with um our own perspective and like when we I think the 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 thing and the thing that these agricultural and um animal agricultural um, industries have done so well is they have marketed to us in a way that says, eat this thing. Like, you know, it's even like, think about it, bottled water, bottled water. That doesn't make any sense. Water, water should not be bottled. It should not be sold as a commodity is water is, is like, you should be able to walk up to a river and like, you know, it should be pure enough that you can take a cup and drink some water. But like people bottle this water and then they sell it to you in the stores. So someone's making tons and tons of, of money on a natural resource that is, that should be a right to everybody. Wow. You know? I know it's insane when you think of it like that. Like, so it's, it's all about that marketing strategy. Like, you know, like people say, Oh, bottled water is much better for you than tap water or so and so forth. The, the government puts things in your tap water. The same thing I, I've been watching like TV and stuff. And I see like these, these milk commercials and they're so they're so brilliantly shot. They show you know multiracial um, couples, multi multi um, sexuality, sexual orientation couples, um, and it's just it's so pretty. And you're like, oh, I can see myself in that guy. And it's like, drink more milk. And it's like, should I drink more milk? There's no connect. Like they disconnect you from the animals. Yeah, you don't see it. You don't see a single cow in that video. You know, all you see are little girls and little boys. You know, coming together, a friendship. You know people falling in love, friendship, so on and so forth. And that's, um, that's what we've been sort of indoctrinated with for years upon years. And then seeing that it's, it's very like most people, they start to believe it. And like, well, I worked at a camp and they were serving like soy milk. And I, I asked this kid, Hey, do you want some of this milk for your cereal? And he goes, he's a counselor he goes um he goes no no man too much estrogen and like you know i'm a man i'm just like first and foremost to think that having soy milk is going to you know displace this this testosterone that he has was going to change his life significantly it's so funny because it's it's so it's so total bro science and i used to be i used to feel the same way i used to if i was at an asian restaurant and tofu came out with the dish and i just didn't realize it i would take tofu off and not eat it because i i thought the same thing that the soy would raise my estrogen levels but in fact it's actually the animal products the meat and the animal products that raise your estrogen levels because they are providing your body with real dietary sources of mammalian estrogen mm-hmm. and the estrogen that you find in soy is completely different it's a plant estrogen and in fact it actually plant estrogen has an anti estrogenic effect because what happens is the phytoestrogens they mimic mammalian estrogens when they enter your body, but what they do is 
they attached to your estrogen receptors, not all of them, but a lot of them will attach to your estrogen receptors and they end up blocking real mammalian dietary sources of estrogen from taking hold. So in a, in a sense, what it does is it increases your relative level of testosterone because your o- overall levels of estrogen decrease. That's why you see vegan men on average have 13% higher testosterone levels than meat eating men. And it's just so funny when you just don't realize that because we've been fed this line of bullshit our whole life from these industries that just have hundreds of millions, billions, hundreds of billions, trillions of dollars to keep us under their spell. Think about it in the 1950s. There used to be ads saying smoking was healthy. Doctors would promote it. Light up a cig while you're pregnant. It's the best thing for you. Mm -hmm. And everyone believed it then and now if we we if if you were to hear your doctor say smoke a cigarette while pregnant that's <laughs> that's that's great what would you think of your doctor i think it's crazy and what i think is fascinating is like that like you know the the one myth that has been sustained like cuz like cuz obviously there was like use heroin to cure all your pain use oxycontin take cocaine for headaches <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so, and, but all these things sort of like, you know, they were marketed and they were so effective, but then people saw the adverse effects of them. And it's like, it's so strange because we associate food with necessity. Right. So we need to have food. We don't need cocaine. We don't need heroin. We don't need morphine. We don't need cigarettes. So right. it's really hard for people to like get past that. Maybe certain types of food is really bad for you. Meat tastes so good. Oh, sugar is so sweet because we find we look at food as a necessity versus like, you know, a pleasure, you know, it's both pleasure and necessity. That's what makes it hard. It's so hard for us to disassociate it and play like, maybe this isn't what we should be eating. Maybe this is. And, and I think to touch on that, like subconsciously, I feel like the majority of people do realize that, you know, like subconsciously is there people, people are aware of this issue, you know, just like he was saying throughout history, like we evolved as a species, like, you know, we know that, you know, cocaine is bad for you. Heroin is bad for you. Like things like that. It just took time. And, um, I think it's, it's there. And that's part of the reason why, you know, I started my plant-based journey just, um, because I didn't, I didn't want to just ignore what was right in front of me anymore. You know what I mean? It was like, what's the point of doing that? You know, I could be better in myself. I could be a healthier version of me. Um, why am I just going to stick to this stigma or, you know, what I was conditioned to believe just because everybody else is doing it. Right. And people have a hard time with that. They don't want to go vegan because they feel like they're going to be left out. Mm. I, 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 I think all three of us can assure you that that's not how it is at all. We can go out to any restaurant. We can enjoy meals with our friends. We just enjoy them without consuming meat or animal products and we can do everything that we want we just do it again without meat or animal products yes like what was that what was that documentary we were watching on netflix bobby um where the lady was they were in the pasture and they were looking at all the cows and she was like she said something along the lines of oh when is that when is there or what happens with their one special day? Or their one, yeah. Like she that. said it was. It was actually the one. Uh, it was the document or the, the food series with that. Oh, with uh, David Chang, yeah. With David Chang, and yeah. they were talking about steak on that episode, and they had, and they, and so they bring this lady out to a 
pasture-raised farm where, yes, I mean, the farm was beautiful. The cows were out in the open. And then she wants to say, wow, this is so awesome. You know, they get to live like this up until their one bad day. Their one as bad if, day. <laughs> as if, and it's just that, it's just those, those slight, like, oh, they only have one bad day. So it's okay because, because we treated them well their whole life. Well, okay, let's apply that to you now. You lived a great life. Now I am hungry and I want to eat your body mm-hmm. because I like the taste of your dead flesh. You're only going to have one bad day. So it's, it's, a, it's okay. Like you lived a great life. It's yeah, okay. We got, got one for you too. Right. It's like you have a human on death row. You know, mm. they have, they have, you know, like maybe on death row, like, you know, it's a little bit better than if you're in general population because you can have a TV, you can have like, you know, a bigger space, whatever, you're by yourself in a cell, whatever, and you create camaraderie with the people next door to you, whatever. But then you have one bad day, they give you a nice mail and then they, and then they walk you over to a, a death chamber and then they give you a lethal injection. Like, now, who does that affect? It doesn't just affect you. It affects your your loved ones. It affects your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your kid. Right. It affects everybody when they when they take your life. They can't bring it back. You you can never get that life back. That life is spent. And and you know and and like I'm with it. So speaking on that specifically, I am conflicted because there are some people who have just done very evil things, and they don't. And I feel like at that point, based on what you did and how much evil that you inflicted to other people but there are also people who are wrongly convicted and put on death row and they ultimately those are the people that we're really concerned about who actually are innocent put on death row and then their life is taken and then later on they were found innocent you can't ever recover you you can't recover from that and and so it's like it's like the same thing when you think about this with animals just because you treated them well their whole life doesn't mean that you reserve the right to take it. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that. So I, I think this is kind of, you know, and that, and that's exactly why with, with plan strength performance, our mission is to defy the status quo and prove what's possible through the power of plants by supporting sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. So what you guys can come to expect from plan strength performance Again, the company was founded on fitness and nutrition coaching. We do all of our coaching through our web platform and app, which you can access through plantstrengthperformance.com. And currently, we are taking on new coaches and we are starting to grow the brand. We've really kind of, after this whole year of 2019, of really trying to find our place and where we fit in this world and with what we can really do and how we can provide the most value to you guys and impact not only you guys and uh but the lives of so many others uh, worldwide both human and animals alike we are also moving into the food space as we said with our product chicken bites things are on hold right now just because of everything going on with the coronavirus, but that will soon be coming back around. Um, So right now we are solely focused on growing our coaching. We are currently offering plant strength live at home, real time workouts. So for all of you guys who are stuck quarantined at home, Check out, check them out, plantstrengthperformance.com slash coaching. You'll be able to sign up. The subscription is only $10 per week. 
and you'll get three workouts a week. You just need your body weight and a set of resistance bands. We have a set that's available to you. And then we also have other monthly workout groups, which you can participate in. We have um, my book, which I actually just published, The Winner's Manual, Take Control of Your Life. And that book, it serves as like the textbook and curriculum for the Plant Strength Blueprint Lifestyle Transformation Coaching Program. It serves as the curriculum for phase one of the program, Take Control. And then you also have phase two, the next level, which is based on uh, my second book, The Winner's Manual 2, which isn't published yet. So if you guys are participating in the program, you're going to get an exclusive look at at uh, you know some insider information that is not released publicly, and um, so that's what you can kind of expect from Plan Strength Performance right now. Then we also have our social media channels. You can find us pretty much on all platforms at Plant Strength Performance or at Plant Strength, and we put out tons of valuable fitness and nutrition content as well as content around veganism and activism to spread that awareness. And that is our main focus right now during this uh, coronavirus is focusing on growing our coaching platform and providing the best fitness and nutrition information available to you guys so that you can experience the amazing benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. And then on top of that, we have our podcast, which you guys are listening to now, Plant Strength Radio. So Kiwan, I'll actually let you take over and kind of tell people a little bit about the podcast and what to expect from it. As uh, Kiwan is the one who is doing all of the editing, he's record, he's the one who recorded the intro, and he's also the one you'll hear and the outro as well. Um, super professional with that, to be quite honest. It gives me tingles every time I hear it, every time I hear the intros and outros. So I'll let you kind of take over, tell everyone about Plant Strength Radio and what they can expect going forward. So uh, Plant Strength Radio is our uh, podcast where we're going to be telling remarkable stories of plant-based healing, um, fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, um, and activism. Um, and we're going to reach out to a number of people and who are plant-based, vegan. Um, they are people that work with um, um, homeopathic uh, medicine. We'll be, you know, also be talking to, you know, hopefully um, people that, you know, challenge us and our beliefs and and whose beliefs we can challenge as well. Because I think ultimately what we want to do is you want to make the world a better place. And I think you can make the world a better place by just sitting around and talking to people that, that look and talk like you and, and, and believe in the things you believe in. But it's much better to, you know, really strengthen your ideas, cut your teeth when you are talking to someone who, who fundamentally doesn't agree with you. Um, so there's going to be a lot of that sort of stuff. You know, this first season, we have a, a ton of interesting people from people who started restaurants um, and uh, meal prep services to people who uh, use uh, essential oils to heal. Um, and I think from you're fitness coaches to activists. There's going to be a new guest, uh, new guest or guest on the show yes. every week. Um, we have couples. Um, a ton of different people, interesting people who have really interesting stories about how they took their path to getting to where they are today and how they're constantly challenging themselves to be better. Um, I think that's um, the beauty of our podcast. Um, they're going to be typically between, you know, anywhere between 30 minutes to hour or a little bit more, but um, they're going to be awesome. Yeah. And, and one quote that is actually we have right on the website, it's by Gene Houston, is human connections are deeply nurtured in the field of shared story. And that's what I love about podcasts. And that's what I loved about 
doing like hosting this show and all of our episodes are pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Of course, we are not recording this live and we are releasing them in very exclusive segments. So this right now, you guys are listening to season one. This is episode one of season one. And you can expect nine more episodes for a total of a 10 episode season one. A new episode is going to release every Friday for out throughout the duration of the season. And then we are, are set to launch season two Come. The plan is right now, uh, the first Friday of October, and we'll have another 10-episode season from there. And then going in 2021, we'll take the podcast. Uh, you know, the goal is just to continue to take the podcast to uh, another level every season that we release going forward. And I just love it because we've been creating so many new connections and just meeting so many inspirational people who have great stories and that they need to be heard. And that's the goal is just to allow people this platform to share their plant-based journey and to spread these positive plant strength vibes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, uh, like when I was first introduced really to podcasts back in, uh, back in college, um, initially being introduced to Ted talks. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't completely aligned at that time with who I was, what I wanted out of life, things of that nature. Um, Podcasts have just kind of, specifically our podcasts have, have kind of just shown me that, you know, you're never, you're never too old to expand your knowledge. You're never too old to keep learning. And that's one thing that I try to get out of my life is to just continue to learn something new each and every day. And by listening to, to outside people's opinions on, you know, veganism and things of that nature, um, it really just expands my own knowledge and uh, just makes for a better me overall, you know, just it trying to grow that. and evolve and, and be a better person. Yeah, I dude, I love that. It sparks that positive change from within mm-hmm. that growth. And that's the only way that we can grow is if we take on, if we expand our knowledge and we figure out why it's important to change and then ultimately make the change in the end. And I think this, uh, this is a great way actually to, to segue into our creative segment, Growth Spurts and Growing Pains, which uh, I do with every guest at the end of the show. And it's also something that we go through ourselves. We have a weekly founders meeting each week where we're making sure that we're staying on top of our objectives and key key results and we're getting our tasks done. But at the end of our own founders meetings, we have this little segment and we talk about a recent growth spurt that each of us had had have had, which is an accomplishment that we're proud of, whether health, work, or life related, but then also a recent growing pain that we're working through. So something that we're still trying to get better with, again, health, work, or life related. So uh, Kiwan, we'll start with you. What is a recent growth spurt of yours? A recent growth spurt of mine, um, I've been vegetarian since April of 2019. Um, And recently I've been dabbling more with uh more vegan options so i've been like mostly having vegan options throughout the week um for the past couple of months really that um i haven't really you know eaten anything that was like you know i guess quote unquote vegetarian um a lot of things i I would eat were mostly vegan i think i think i've limited to like one day a week where i'm having something that's like not vegan um but I think that's one of the biggest uh, growth spurt for me right now that I'm, I'm more open to that and trying to get there. Um, 
I guess my growing pain is along that same line. It's um, <laughs> trying to get to, trying to become more uh, plant-based um, and sort of cutting out, you know, those, the egg products or the, uh, or um, the milk products or cheese, things like that, dairy. Um, yeah, I think another growing pain of mine is just like trying to make sure I'm, I even like in this COVID-19 era, era that I'm trying to keep myself sharp and also trying to stay as active as I can. Because, um, you know, it's really easy to be like, uh, COVID-19 means I can't go outside, I can't do anything, so I'm just going to lay in bed all day and do absolutely nothing. It's like, it's far too easy to do that. Um, so it was like really motivating myself to to get out and do things that um that are going to make me feel better in the end. That's awesome. That's good. Like awesome. Like on your plant-based journey and, and guys, just what I just, I do want to make this disclaimer, which you'll be able to see right on the website to work with us. You do not have to be vegan or vegetarian. Um, uh, most of the clients that I work with are not vegan or vegetarian. Uh, you know, whether you choose to eat man, eat meat or animal products, it's completely up to you. I myself and the coaches here at Plant Strength Performance will only make vegan nutritional re recommendations for the benefit of your health, the animals, and the environment. And we'll show you exactly how you can live your healthiest and happiest life, plant strength way. But you don't have to be fully vegan or vegetarian. It's just about being plant based, you know. And that's awesome to hear, Kiwan, like that you're almost to veganism fully. You've been plant based vegetarian for a while now. But I mean, I myself, I didn't even. It didn't. It didn't happen overnight. It was mm -hmm. slow steps. So congrats, you know. Yeah. Congratulations for a minute. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, Marcus, you're up. My turn. So yeah, my growth spirit would be uh, I guess not taking too aggressive in a an approach, but just pro projecting my plant-based lifestyle and values onto the people around me, the people that I love, and seeing them, you know, seeing it just kind of spark the conversation in their head and have them, you know, ask me questions about it, even if even if they don't have any desire to go down that route, but just to kind of bring that to light and have them ask questions about it. Um, you know, I know, like, just since being down here with my girl, girlfriend's parents, like they know my how my diet is. So that's, you know, naturally just had them ask a bunch of questions about, you know, what I consume, you know, things of that nature. I know, like my mom specifically, um, she's even gotten to the point where she's like one to two nights a week, she's incorporating a plant-based dish for her meal. So instead of eating, you know, meat five, six, seven days a week, she's, you know, incorporating that for her lunch or her dinner just to kind of slowly, you know, make that transition. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, that'd be my grocery, just the ability to kind of broadcast that to the people around me and, uh, bring light to veganism and well i'm not fully vegan either but um plant uh, plant-based lifestyle as a whole um growing pain growing pain would definitely be this whole covid19 coronavirus situation um it's just put everything on lockdown um traveling out here to missouri was I looked, I looked insane in the airport. I looked absolutely insane in the airport. I had the mask on, like I had my hood up, I had gloves on. I got, to the, I got to the last destination. I went in the bathroom, changed all my clothes and stuff, like the precautions I had to take, like flying, because I ain't trying to get sick with this crap. 
and then on top of that, uh, just what it's done to, you know, our food production um, right now, just kind of bringing that to a halt was uh, kind of, for lack of a better word, shitty. But um, yeah, I, it, you know, it's just another hurdle. We'll get past it. We'll, we'll figure it out. So, 100%. That's the positive mindset. Exactly. And I just wanted to say one thing. Um, I'm extremely grateful and appreciative of being able to work alongside you two um, throughout this whole process. Uh, I think I stated this before, like just working next to Bobby and Kiwan as well. Like I'm learning something new every single day that is just making me more whole as a person and be becoming a better person overall. So, um, yeah, that's that's really where I'm at right now. Likewise. I mean, I know Kiwa and I probably speak for you too. I, we both feel the same way about Marcus and I feel the same way about both of you guys. Yeah, I think um, the, the best part about working with you guys is that it inspires me um, creatively and as like, you know, someone who has the ambition to, to further my experiences as an entrepreneur, it really just, you know, shows me a lot of things. I've learned so much in being in your company and like, you know, this isn't my first business, but like, you know, I've, I'm still learning. And that's, that's a beauty of being alive um, is that you get to, you have the opportunity to learn as much as you possibly can. And you can use that knowledge to, you know, advance yourself and the people around you. Um, I know one of the things that Bobby and I know Marcus and I always talk about is that, you know, we want this company to grow so that we can provide for our families, you know, build a lifestyle that, you know, gives them ease. Um, not necessarily be wealthy and rich and, you know, whatever, but like also, but give them the ability to say, Hey, I want to go on this vacation. I want to go see the world. Um, and being able to have that freedom to do so, um, plant strength is about freedom. You know, it's that strength to get to that freedom. Um, whether that's freedom for those animals, that's freedom for, you know, your health or freedom in general. I think that's what we are all about. Yeah. I couldn't have said it any better, man. I love it. I love it. And I'm just so happy to have you guys on the team. And, and again, for those entrepreneurs out there, it's not about doing it yourself. It's about finding the best people to build the team to grow things together. And, and, and remember this. I really want to hone in on this. What matters the most is who the people are, who you surround yourself with. Because you can have someone who knows everything in the world, but at the core, they're a very shitty person. And I say that with a grain of salt because I think everyone is on their own spiritual journey for self-growth and enlightenment. And some people just haven't made it there yet. And most people who kind of do wrong by others, they're very new on their journeys. And they'll realize one day what really matters in life, and it's the relationships that we make and, and the bonds that we build with the people closest to us. And that's why if you really want to be successful, surround yourself with like-minded people who are deeply rooted in their, in good core values. And that's what, that, that's what matters most because it's a learning journey for us all. We are all learning something new every single day, um, you know, up with growing plant strength and how we can grow this company, but also better ourselves as individuals. Um, so I guess speaking on my uh, growth spurt, a recent growth spurt of mine and because I, I, I always like to spin everything positive and although this whole situation with COVID-19 is kind of it is shitty like you said Mark it is, it is shitty 
in a hole for a lot of people, and especially for those people who are suffering through this directly and who have lost their lives. But I look at this in a positive light because this has allowed me to invest some more time in myself. I went on a beautiful two-hour hike this weekend, and I feel like for the last few months since the start of the new year, I've just been 24-7 plant strength. Uh, you know, Marcus and I both had second jobs, and it's just like I was starting to feel very overworked. And I wasn't, I was losing, like lacking that investment time into myself aside from my workouts very early morning at five o'clock. And then, you know, maybe an hour or two of Netflix before bed. Uh, and I was going seven days a week. So that's kind of been a recent growth spurt of mine. I've been forced to focus just only on the coaching and our content and getting our podcast launched. Um, and now without all of those other things, and now I've been allowed to uh, invest in myself, and that's really important. So that's definitely a, a nice growth spurt of mine. Um, it, but what kind of like goes hand in hand with that in for my growing pain is also letting go of control. I just experienced this, and Kiwan and I, we just talked about this the other day. I, I mean, I just have, I, I have very high standards for myself and what I expect. and the quality of work that I do and kind of just letting go of that control and understanding that that same quality can be produced by other people, specifically Kevon and Marcus. The reason that I brought them on to the team in the first place, because I know what they bring to the table. I know their work ethics. And it's funny because just when designing the cover art for Plant Strength Radio, Kiwan had his idea, I had my idea, and just, you know, and then we kind of put up our both designs. We did a little poll on Instagram, and the majority of people loved Kiwan's versus, versus mine. And I'm totally, and, and I mean, that's, and Kiwan had a great idea from the start. And so that's exactly why we went with it. And then just another thing too, just with listening to the intros and outros that he recorded for the podcast and just, I was like, man, I'm just going to fully let Kiwan do his thing. That's why he is the marketing and creative direction of the company. I'm just going to, I'll take a back seat to this, you know, and yeah. just let him take charge here. And that's, uh, that's kind of like a growing pain of mine is just letting go of that control and giving over the reins because I can't do everything myself. And that's why these guys are here and we're working together. It's so we can do it together. I think, I think I've seen that. Like I understand that completely. Cause like I am, I'm a filmmaker, so I do a lot of directing and stuff. And when you write a, a film, you make the film, like I, like for so long, I was doing it by myself that when I finally got a team it was like, now I, have to, now I have to fully trust someone to be on camera and not have to look at the camera. I have to fully trust someone to, to, to do this particular job or this particular job. Um, and I quickly realized that, you know, a lot of it is about letting go of control and letting people rise to the occasion because if you start to, you start to realize that people are just as invested as you. And if you give them the room to, to expand, they're going to surprise you in ways that you can't even imagine. Yeah. And nobody likes being micromanaged anyway. Just like, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of, again, putting yourself in the, other person's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Would you want to be micromanaged? No, it just makes you feel like your, your, your quality of work isn't as good. 
Yeah. It's like, why am I even doing this if you're basically doing the whole thing? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love it, guys. This is this is. Go ahead, Kiwan. If you guys want to, if anyone wants to reach out to us, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach us on Instagram at Plant Strength Performance. You can connect with us on our website at www.plantstrengthperformance.com or Plant Strength Performance or PlantStrengthSorry.com. Is that we have that domain? Pla- yeah, we, yeah, we have them all. PlantStrength.com, PlantStrengthPerformance.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess if you have like personal questions for us, I guess we can give out our personal handles. If I'm not Kiwan underscore Harrison, so that's K-E-W-A-N underscore Harrison, H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. Uh, Marcus, where are you at? Uh, you can find me on, <clears throat> sorry, you can find me on Instagram. That's at Marcus J. Everett, and that's at M-A-R-C-U-S-J-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. Awesome. And uh, Instagram as well, at Bobby physique b-o-b-b-y-p-h-y-s-i-q-u-e and you can find me at bobby physique on all social platforms facebook instagram youtube twitter tiktok the whole nine um and uh, uh yeah yeah so so yeah so definitely and then you could also email us guys it's our first names at planstrengthperformance.com so kiwan at planstrengthperformance.com Marcus at PlantStrengthPerformance.com, Bobby at PlantStrengthPerformance.com. Shoot us an email, whatever questions that you have, we'd be more than happy to answer them for you. But um, yeah, so that that is that is our story. We are Plant Strength Performance, and we are on a mission. And we're here to stay. We're here to stay. Plant Strength Radio is hosted by Bobby Lynch, produced and edited by Kiwan Harrison. Special thanks to Plant Strength founders Bobby Lynch, Kiwan Harrison, and Marcus Effort. If you would like to hear more podcasts like this, please like, share, and subscribe with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be streamed. To learn more about Plant Strength, the company behind this podcast, please visit www.plantstrengthperformance.com or follow us on social media at Plant Strength Performance. Plant Strength, sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. Thank you for listening.